0: Chris, you're kind of an outdoor influencer. Talk talk more about that.
1: I would say no, but I think that comes from like an intentions place.
2: Hello, this is Chap Grub. I am the CEO and founder of Rerouted and this is rerouted's new podcast the adventure capital pod we're super excited to be interviewing all the humans that are out there that are working tirelessly to build these organizations that make adventure accessible sustainable and affordable for anyone that wants it and this show is super excited to bring those stories those projects to the spotlight. Real quick, just to kind of give the feel, I wanted to share. I think that this just encapsulates everything that I hope this podcast can be is by a ultimate transcendentalist outdoorsman, Ed Abbey. And it's the idea of wilderness needs no defense. It only needs defenders. These are the stories of those defenders.
0: Hey, it's Trap. I'm super excited this week to welcome my old friend, Chris McCaffrey. Chris McCaffrey was actually the very first guest on the old Repot It podcast, so I'm super excited to have him here today. He's an all-around super adventurer. He's studying all kinds of crazy stuff and science, and he's been a, a friend for a long time that supported Rerouted, and I'm psyched to have him back on the show to talk about His his adventures, his experiences, getting involved in the business world. Chris, why don't you say hi and add anything I missed?
1: Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me, chap. I'm really stoked to be here. It's like to have an excuse to sit down and chat for a while.
0: I I know it's we we are talking offline and really excited to kind of dig into some stuff. So I actually asked Chris when I was talking about introducing him. Does he want me to introduce him as an influencer? Is he an influencer? And I think that in the spirit of getting into the weeds here, this is in part a business podcast, in part an outdoors podcast so Chris, you're kind of an outdoor influencer, talk talk more about that.
1: Yeah, so that was a, that's a really interesting question um, it's it's for listeners, some context, chap like asked that and then was actually like, no, don't say anything and then hit record, so we've got, yeah, like, yeah here like we are <laughs> Um. so Yeah, it's a, it's kind of a tough one for me to answer because I would say no. But I think that comes from like an intentions place. Like I do work, I do do some social media work. I do make paid posts, both in my account and other people's accounts. That said, I think... For me, in the like outdoor and adventure space, um, I don't necessarily want to just be an influencer. Like my motivations in doing you know this type of work and working with brands and things is in what it allows me to do that I wouldn't otherwise be able to. Yeah. And so I think like labeling myself as an influencer feels a little weird, per se. Maybe that's just yeah. my
0: life. No, I, I I, totally get it, Chris. I, I totally get it. And it's funny, sitting in my shoes, I run a for-profit business. I'm an entrepreneur. I, I'm a capitalist, right? And those things, do I really associate heavily with them? No, because... I think that what what you're getting at is really what the Adventure Capital Pod hopes to be about, which is, we want to solve people's problems, we want to help them get out on more adventures, and we want to really bring these adventures to the broader public sphere. And so, I guess, like, as a me, well, Chris and I met a long time ago, but one of the first things he did, I wouldn't consider it influencing, he was more being a sponsored athlete. Right, and and I think maybe that's one of the differences we can explore here, Chris, is like, where where does that line fit for you? And I think that that's kind
1: of part of the difference you're discussing. For sure, Um, I think that in the modern world of adventure athletics, there's an inherent need to be somewhat of an influencer. And for me, that comes down to um, looking at kind of myself as a brand, like Chris McCaffrey, the business, and if I want to offer the best return on investment to a company that's investing their time and money and resources into supporting me, if that means doing social media work for them, then 100% I'm going to do that because that's how I can support them. Right, and in turn, they're supporting me to allow me to do the things that I want to do. Yep. In terms of the athletic side of things, I I find there's kind of an interesting balance or shift. I feel really lucky to be kind of in the middle of where maybe 15 years ago. Oh, uh, for the for the listeners, I'd say I'm mostly a skier. Like yeah. Yeah. Skier. And I also am really into, like, large-scale expeditions. And I <laughs> like those, too. Um, and maybe 15, even 20 years ago, if you wanted to be a professional skier or make any sort of money off of your skiing, you really had to be competing. You had to be going to yeah. games, things like that. Yeah. I don't really feel... And now, maybe it's just because... I'm not a good park skier and I have a low risk tolerance, but (laughs) I don't feel very aligned with those poles. For me, I'm more, like I really like turning and I like the artistic and creative expression that skiing and expeditions allow for. I feel that's my, the best way that I can express myself. Like I feel like if someone is able to watch me ski or is going to look at the lines I draw on a map doing a traverse or something, that shows my personality and my interest sure. and my creative expression, more sure. so than like throwing a double backy on TikTok, you know what I mean?
0: <laughs> oh yeah, no, I, I get it, Chris, and so... lot to unpack there first i agree i actually a lot of the stuff you're saying about being a brand being on social media driving value we're we're as a business solving a problem and all businesses that's our goal is to solve a problem and the only way to get it out there to share it is to market it is to pay for it is to advertise to leverage social media and the places where people spend their time So, first I wanted to say that I think you're on the money and I think that that's a lot of what is happening in the world is people like you that are creators. It's very similar to somebody making jewelry, very similar to somebody making XX and Y, it's these expressions of outdoors, I mean, I'm sitting in the rain on a porch and it's just so much better than being stuck in my office. So. That's awesome. Chris, you mentioned you really uh, are attracted to expeditions. I think we, I think you got to tell a quick story of the first big project that we ever tried to pull off because I still think you guys setting out to row across the ocean. Just, I want to send you on that trip again, Chris, so we can get it done.
1: Yeah, so-, so... Give, some
0: backgr- give some background, give, maybe tell an anecdote or two so this is just such a great story listeners
1: psyched it's all came up yeah so the first project that chap and rerouted and myself worked on together other than doing a, a podcast episode uh in was that 2019 i believe huh. um, or, was it was it, was it oh, pre-convent? funny no it was, it was um fall of fall okay of funny okay um, yeah, so summer of 2021, myself, uh, Ryan Cosgrove, one of my you know, long time best friends, best mountain and adventure partners, and my other mate, uh, Raymond Byrne. We tried to row a 24-foot rowboat from New York City to Ireland. That was a multi-year project for Ray. He'd been working on that, I believe, for probably three or four years prior to us actually departing. He brought myself and Ryan on maybe six, seven months before actual departure, what was intended to be our departure date. And it was really a fantastic opportunity, I felt, for myself, uh, for yeah, for the, really the whole project. I was really stoked to... To get on board with um, with Bray on that, and then it's a that could be probably a a novel in itself. But and I um, I,
0: would, I would hey I would read that book. Talk about business. Talk about business opportunities, Chris. I I'd 100 percent read that
1: book. That might be foreshadowing, but uh,
0: hey, I I love it. Love to hear that.
1: But um, but yeah, another so, reason,
0: another reason to build a brand, right? You've you've heard and and I feel like a lot of the people that end up listening to this podcast have heard of the thousand true follower theology. Do you know Do you know mm-hmm. about that? For it's sure. at, if you that's that's what we're all looking to do, right? Solve a thousand people's problems, drive a lot of value for them, and then you can kind of go and make and create and push whatever you want because you're always trying to help them. And I I just I love it, Chris. That's that's awesome. So wh- give me give me like two or three highlights and maybe something you weren't
1: so to to condense that trip down into uh, a couple highlights well a brief overview for people yeah yeah please is we initially set out from rockaway new york in june we'd had a really tough time with weather patterns throughout that throughout that summer and then we were involved in a tropical storm about a week out to sea and realized that wow. our electrical system just wasn't quite up to what we needed to be in the middle of the North Atlantic. So wow. um, we ended, we were really close to Cape Cod, had like a tugboat pull us up into Cape Cod. Um, in Cape Cod, we revamped our electrical systems and then actually let a hurricane pass us while we were on land which was you know pretty fortunate and very rare to have a hurricane that far north yeah at that time of year yeah forward um a couple months from then we'd been at sea probably two months we'd had a lot of trials and tribulations a lot of things that had gone wrong and a lot of things that had gone right as well for sure but ultimately we we're involved in another very large storm and an offshoot of, of Hurricane Henry. And then oh my gosh. in the week following that, we lost the rest of our electronics really, and unfortunately had to make the difficult call to get rescued. So we got an oil tank yeah. and headed back to the East Coast of the United States. So that's kind of yeah. the overview of the very simple version of two and a half months at sea.
0: I I remember Chris following along with that journey, and my gosh, you guys caught every bad break. And I know how important it was to all three of you. And even from my perspective, I'm super proud of all three of you for making the the safe decision and the right decision. Because there's always room for another adventure, right? And that's. We can always live to fight another day, and and, uh, and just such a great story. So highlights, three highlights. And what did you learn?
1: Oh, uh, a couple highlights. I'd say highlight number one for sure. We're in the Grand Banks, and we went swimming. A, nice. it was practical, like we had to in order to scrape the boat, but it was mostly just an excuse because we wanted to go. Jump in the ocean in the middle of the North Atlantic and just being in the water so far out to sea was really special. Yeah. Another time we were, we were swimming. I believe I'd just gotten out of the water, but Ryan was still, still in the water. And a pot of, I believe they're porpoises like just cruise by us while Ryan was in the water. And that was pretty amazing as well. Wow. One of those things where looking back on it it was just, just absolutely magical. Um, Oh, there's so many highlights. Like every day was a highlight (laughs) for sure. Um, But I'd say that the third one was, we had this routine of around, I think it was six o'clock every day we had a this bluetooth speaker called a wonder boom fantastic device um and we would yeah we'd all you know we'd have the cabin door open usually believe it was ray and i for the first hour and then just ray on the oars um, Uh 6 to 8 pm and we'd listen to a part of an audiobook or a podcast or something together and then that gave us an hour or two to really be present, to get to hang out, all three of us together, and gave us something to talk about. Afterwards, that wasn't food, which was the rest Uh, of our conversations.
0: as, As any long haul expedition I've ever been on, anything over a week, food is the only thing that matters. So I, I think I and the listeners have got to know, Chris. What book? What books were you listening to? Give, give me, give me some of the juicy details. Oh, are they man. like are they like trashy romance novels? What What do you What do you oh, guys? Yeah, we were going listening
1: on? to some juicy novels.
0: Fifty, 50 <laughs> Shades of Gray out paddling on the ocean. But yeah, that's that's what I. That's exactly no. You don't even have to tell me. So, but seriously, I do want to know.
1: Um. Most of of that collective listening, we were. I think the one that stands out most to me was hardcore history. We yes. listened to like every Dan Carland podcast. Nice. Ever, I imagine.
0: Great. like hundreds answer. of
1: hours of Dan Carland, and
0: <laughs> that's it's, awesome. Chris.
1: It's so interesting, you know, just getting super nerdy about like Roman history when you're a thousand miles out to sea. <laughs>
0: That's amazing. What what a great answer. So next time you guys are rowing across the Atlantic Ocean, know that the Hardcore History, that's the go-to ocean rowing podcast. So my highlight of the trip, real quick, before you give me a lesson learned, Chris, was when I, he called me to tell me what he was doing. He's like, hey, chap, out of nowhere, I'm going to go row across the Atlantic Ocean like oh cool chris when do you leave he goes couple months from now like what this dude's a crazy person and i love every second of it so 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 psyched about that so what's kind of what's kind of one of the lessons that you learned that you want to share with everybody because look man these long-haul expeditions and building a brand building a personal brand super similar to building a business there's so many similarities so all of this all all of what we're doing it's like an expedition trip right all of it's the same thing every day there's so many highlights there's so many adversities there's so every piece of it is so such a good analogy so what's something you learned on that trip that now as you're kind of going through the steps of building your brand of working with people figuring out exactly where you fit into the outdoor industry in general, like, what did you learn that's helped a lot?
1: That's a great question, Chap. I think there's a lot of, a lot of learnings. Mm -hmm. Not to rush things, I think is okay to, you know, time is never, well, I was going to say time is never the, the problem. <laughs> which is probably not true. But um I think in hindsight, again, not the type of thing we really could have known in the no. moment, but in hindsight we could have looked at our position come June and been like, "Hey, we now know things could be more robust. Here's things we'd like to change." Yeah. Let's you know, push a year, so we give ourselves, so there's no rush. Yeah. Again, there's logistical challenges that yeah. m- probably would have made that call very hard, and yeah. we couldn't have foreseen all of the challenges that we were mm-hmm. going to face. That's totally, you know, a hindsight's 2020
0: Of course, statement.
1: Um, yeah. But I think for me moving forward, just there's no rush is a yeah is a valuable I, thing for me.
0: I, I, I really like that, Chris, and I know that's such a big question and I'm constantly trying to apply my experiences playing professional poker, my band life experiences, my guide experience with the eight months of having a baby, man. So all of it is, it's all a marathon. And I, I, as hard as it is in modern society, it feels like to, to listen to what you're saying where time isn't an issue. It's so true. And I think, I think it's part of why we love the outdoors so much, right? Like, that's why you get that feeling you get when you go skiing. That's why when I'm four pitches up on a big wall, I I feel that way, right? It's time isn't an issue. I'm here, present 100%. I'm not moving on to the next thing. But as we apply that, cause I I act like I'm a big time outdoorsman. I haven't been for three years since I started this business. Most of my time is sitting in front of a Zoom window. I'm faking it sitting out on the porch with the trees in the background, but I'm just jealous because one of my friends picked up and she was in Chamonix and I saw the mountain range, the the French Alps in Chamonix and I said, what? That's your real background? And it made me really jealous. So I'm trying to improvise, but in, in all seriousness, like what you're talking about, there's no rush. It applies to everything I'm doing at rerouted. It applies to building the personal brand. It applies to any of these nonprofits. How do we continue to serve more people, drive more value, get more people outside, and give more people access an opportunity that we've had to really benefit and grow as people because we get to spend the time outside. So I'm trying to think, Chris. We've been through a lot today. We talked about a lot. You you went to Greenland. Do you want to you want to just riff on that for for a minute?
1: For sure. From a business standpoint, I think that's an interesting subject for me. Um, I think one of the more important factors in in my life that i've been thinking about for a little while now is trying to live intentionally and i feel like that applies so strongly to jobs and business and trying to run a business if you're running a business in this sphere without a given intention behind it. I don't think you're gonna be nearly as successful as any given person's potential is. And so to bring that back to Greenland, what I found was this past spring, I had this opportunity pop up to crew a really stellar 73-foot steel-hulled schooner from Newfoundland <laughs> across the Labrador Sea uh, to the west coast of Greenland. So rad. Yeah, I felt really fortunate to have the opportunity come up, and then in terms of what I wanted to do with it, for me, I wasn't you know making money on this trip I didn't end up with more dollars in the bank account afterwards (laughs) Um, but I know that it was such a unique experience and also a trip I couldn't really afford to just fly to Greenland to go ski for a month sure and so yeah to give to give some you know stories from that is I uh, gave a talk at, at Neptune as a part of their speaker series. Cool. Um, a couple months ago about that trip, and that was like two hours, and felt like it wasn't enough time to talk about the That's couple months awesome. that we were there. But um, yeah, so I kind of gotten this invite. It was early. It was February. It was, yeah, I think it was late February, early March. All right. Um. And I was riding or uh, skiing up at a basin a few days later, and I pretty much immediately decided I was gonna go. Oh, yeah. I was up there with some friends at a basin and riding the trail lift with one of my best buddies. His name's Mengo. His real name's Ian, but um, Mango. Uh, nice. he's a uh, first name man, last name go. <laughs> um, yeah. But um, I brought this up to him, and he was immediately. Just like, is there any more room? Like, what do I need to do to, is there any potential that I could join on this? And so, of (laughs) course I was immediately like, yeah, we'll figure that part out. Because the intention of that trip immediately then changed from me going on this adventure by myself to this other world of possibilities of going on this adventure with one of my best mates and then knowing that I would have a solid partner, yeah, or Greenland, yeah. And so what that ended up turning into was a couple of weeks hanging out in Newfoundland, which was super fun. I had a great time crossing the Labrador Sea. It's an 1,100 mile crossing. We were getting snowed on sideways. We're like dodging icebergs in the dark, like hand steering this schooner one person up on the bow at the radio shining this fog light into the distance. Cause you don't want to hit a, you don't want to hit an iceberg. We're motoring going eight knots, definitely right. sleeping with your feet towards the bow of the boat. Cause if you do hit an iceberg, you don't want to <laughs> break your skull open on the far side of your bulkhead. And oh my gosh, we just had this wild experience before we even got to Greenland. And then in Greenland, we just had the most phenomenal weather. We had such good snow. Uh, and uh, I think a valuable lesson I learned there and a, and a highlight for me was being there with Mango and us having a pretty similar mindset yeah. It didn't matter, when I say we had great snow, it wasn't like we were skiing powder every day, but yeah. on the days when it was stormy or had been stormy and there was a bunch of pow, we could go touring and go ski pow, and then on the days that it was sunny and a bit crusty, we were easily able to pivot to going on longer ski versus. We spent five days, skied out with a tent, the entirety of Col Fjord skied across the sea oh ice. Oh my god. It was a yeah, it was a magical experience. So uh, fun.
0: Oh Chris, I I oh I love it. I I love backcountry skiing. It's one of my favorite things and I, I I totally get it. My friends always teased me when I went out climbing because every day we went out climbing. At some point during the day I'd look at everybody and I'd go my goodness isn't this just the best weather to be out rock climbing and that's every day so I get the feeling man right you just make the best out of every day and I think when push comes to shove despite my slightly negative connotations with the word entrepreneur uh, that's what it is and it's an entrepreneurial mindset and it translates back and forth to the outdoors and it's why the people in this industry get me so excited and I know you've met a bunch of brands a bunch of people a bunch of just amazing amazing organizations and my goodness I think this is just such a cool such a cool lead so Chris I guess you know I I've been kind of watching the baby I don't want him to wake up and accidentally interrupt the podcast but you know that's how it works when we live lives and we have families and we're building something bigger than just ourselves. So I know you get it. Did, tell me what's what's kind of next. What's next on your radar? You're about to graduate with a degree in something cool. I can't remember. I'm sorry. What was it?
1: Uh, yeah, I'm in the uh, Arctic Studies program at CU, so I'll have a degree in Environmental Studies with a certificate in Arctic Studies. Sweet.
0: Well. You know, I'm uh, always available to go head down to the the, the Arctic with you. That sounds phenomenal. Maybe uh, yeah. maybe there's a reason that we could. Uh, there's got to be some specialty gear that you guys need down down in those super mega cold zones that we can hook you up with secondhand.
1: It's funny. I uh, to steer towards gear for a moment. Okay. Um, a lot of I'm really fortunate to have sponsors and not pay for a lot of my gear. Yeah. I also have a lot of gear that's secondhand. One of the reasons I love working with Rerouted and we used a Hyperlite Ultimate 4. I bought off, I bought secondhand as our tent in Greenland. Yes. Phenomenal. I love it.
0: I love it. Just a
1: phenomenal purchase a great spend of a couple hundred dollars and great yeah it's interesting from a brand standpoint as well um given the broad topic of this podcast yeah i left my ski sponsor uh like a few months ago and still on some of their skis they make lovely stuff but it's been interesting seeing what else is going on in the ski world actually yeah. I have season equipment nexus skis behind me and nice. from a business standpoint i think we're in this really stellar time of a broad availability from a consumer standpoint yeah. and then also people feeling empowered to pursue their given Interests and talents and directions, both creatively and technologically, and so yeah. season equipment is a super small ski manufacturer. Just started by Eric Pollard, who used to be the designer at Line Skis. Cool. And yeah, it's been it's been super cool just seeing all these different perspectives, and his skis are really more of a. An artistic interpretation of what a ski could feel like, sensations-wise.
0: You you and wanna you that. wanna give you wanna give the video listeners a quick a quick shot of them. I can I can kind of see the top. Oh yeah. What, we'll
1: what, see. what, what you got over there? They're just all black. To be fair,
0: they're they're very they're very fly looking.
1: They look very nice. Yeah. So there we were talking earlier about. Let me move my microphone. There we are. Um, we were talking earlier about, for me, skiing and expeditions and things is a yeah. creative endeavor, a
0: creative yeah. Yeah.
1: expression. It's cool to see in the context of, of season equipment, um, there's like no graphic at all. It doesn't even say season on the ski. It might say season right. like on the sidewall, but it's sure. just all black, no graphic. And that allows for, it's just such a unique expression. And from a business standpoint, it's really cool to see people feeling, you know, empowered to pursue whatever they're given, you know, creative direction is.
0: We definitely got to get that guy on the pod. That sounds sweet, especially if you know him. That's super rad. So Chris, give me a, we we chatted a little bit about it. Give me, give me your kind of favorite go-to quote. I know you pulled it up before the show. Oh, yes. That's how, that's how I want to. That's how I want to close out. Chris hasn't shared it with me. I don't know what it is yet. So this is Chris McCaffrey's quote of the podcast episode.
1: What you got for us, Chris, and who's a by? Oh, I don't know who's a by. It's a it's a okay. random find in my in my notes app from a few days ago. But um All right. My I think my favorite quote. Your body is the only temple you can pray in that prays back.
0: Yep. Oh, I like that. I like that a lot. I like that, Chris. Your body is the, o- wait, say it again.
1: Your body is the only temple you can pray in that yep. prays back. And All right. For me, I've been thinking about that a fair bit with like some random, weird, like feeling sick, having a cold, having the flu. I'm yeah. um, having covid pretty bad earlier in the year um yeah and then also i'm i'm living up in boulder canyon into the mountains from Boulder now and I live right next to the creek and, and spending time doing cold dips spending time in cold yeah. water nice. makes you feel both physically better and the emotional benefits have been really significant. I'm super lucky to have that opportunity.
0: Yeah, yeah. Chris, that's that's super awesome, man. Anything uh, you wanna plug before we wrap up? I, I love the, the cold cold dips. That's that's money in the bag for all of your meditative needs.
1: For sure. Um, anything, anything else I wanna plug? Um, not particularly right now. I'm really stoked to Sweet. have some you know interesting stuff in the pipeline i've been working on a ski with Folsom skis out of denver they're like a nice uh custom semi-custom ski company we're pulling out kind of an older shape from them and and doing some unique stuff and i'm nice really excited that really psyched for ski season to get going here a basin yeah. opened two days ago what
0: a bay is open that's crazy um all right all right where can people follow you chris what's your what's your instagram handle where Where can they find you so they can see all this cool
1: stuff you're doing instagram is at chris goes outdoorsing nice i've been uh, i've been thinking about changing it for years but chap has bullied me into keeping it <laughs> what and, uh... Uh,
0: me i do like it it's very fun
1: so yeah, at Chris Goes Outdoorsing on Instagram. And that's probably the main the main place yeah. for right now. And Sweet then uh, Yeah, that'll Sweet. be it.
0: Well, well, Chris, we I I'm super happy to have you back as guest. Numero Uno. I think uh we nailed it. Uh, looking forward to everything uh, moving forwards and I'll make sure everybody gets the info so they can follow along with you. Thanks so much, Chris. I'm really great, great chatting and we'll look forward to having
2: you back soon.
1: Awesome. Yeah. We'll chat soon, Chad.